Hey, what's happening, y'all? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We got quite a bit to talk about today. I got a word on the street segment to go into a very important story to get to locally, actually very close to me, as a matter of fact. And then I'll be uh, bring you guys up to date on the NLCS. Of course, we're getting through the baseball playoffs. Uh, we have some more ALCX action tomorrow. Uh, we'll be having t- uh, we'll be having Game Four between the Yankees and the Astros. That was postponed today because of rain. Uh, but they will be t- uh, picking things back up tomorrow, and they'll be having another game Friday night. So I'll be keeping you guys updated on that. But like I said, the NLCS has come to a close, and it looks like. Like your champion from the, in, the from the National League is going to be the Washington Nationals. So uh, congratulations to them. We're going to be breaking that game down uh, near the end of the night. And again, oh, uh, we have some college football to talk about. Um, I forgot to mention, I forgot to go over the conference standings out there in the Sun Belt. Of course, I wanted to go through all the major conferences the other night. I happened to f- forget about the Sun Belt. It's a little bit, it's one of those smaller conferences. Uh, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot of love. My bad for forgetting about those guys. So I will be talking about those uh, those teams as well. And then I'll be breaking down some NFL news. Of course, we have some, uh, some trades to talk about, more notably that man, Jalen Ramsey. So let's get right into it. Of course, I have to talk about the main thing. Uh, let's get into the word on the street. And yesterday, I'm pretty sure a lot of my local people know about this, especially within uh, the SF Bay Area, the East Bay, uh, all over the Bay Area, maybe even California in general may know about this. But for those who may not know, uh, my out-of-towners, my East Coast people, my international people, for those of you who may be listening, uh, yesterday there was a uh, pretty big explosion uh, at a uh, well at a refinery. It's called the New Energy Facility uh, facility here in Crockett, California, uh, actually just a few miles away from from where I live. I actually saw this explosion uh, dead on from the freeway. This would occur about 1.50 p.m. Uh, two fuel storage tanks uh, would actually catch on fire. Uh, one of them had jet fuel. So again, a massive explosion from what I saw from the week from the freeway. I was on my way back from my job. I wasn't working anything, but again, I was on my way back from my job and I saw it. It looked like a like a mushroom cloud of flames. It really looked like something very ominous. Uh, it didn't register with me exactly what was going on, but I knew it was out there. Ref- I mean, I knew it was going on, but it was just, I didn't really understand, uh, fully grasp that magnitude at the moment. But again, I knew it was at the refinery in my head. I'm thinking, man, they trying to kill us again, fossil fuels. That's what happens when you're burning them. Uh, I know a few months ago, I talked about them ex- either expanding or open up a new facility. Again, these are the drawbacks that come with burning fossil fuels, uh, that comes from oil and all that. So again, I you I don't want to be the the guy that 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 pushes that, but again, these are the dangers of that. I mean, so I, I think it would behoove us as a people at some point in time. I, I of course we can't just rush into this, but at some point in time we're gonna have to find some sort of renewable energy sources, some other energy sources, because again, this is not working. This is not working. We are uh, literally uh, facing death a lot of times, and uh, I I just. I don't know if it's right for us to have to go through that. Uh, and again, we probably put in on top of that uh, as California, especially people here in this side of the, uh, this side of the country, pay the most in gas prices. So again, we're refining the oil, we're turning into the gasoline, we're we're risking our lives every day, breathing in these these toxic fumes. And then whenever these these explosions just decide to happen, of course we have to deal with that too. 
Uh, so again, I, I think California's need some type of kickback for that. But back to this fires, uh, the tank fires would also spread, uh, actually spark some flames around the surrounding hills, which created a situation even that could have been even more deadly. Uh, but again, crews were able to get on that grass fire immediately. They were able to put that out. Uh, the t tank fire, however, would burn for at least another eight hours, uh, being extinguished around 9.45 a, uh, 9.45 p.m., excuse me. Now, due to the smoke, of course, course uh, people and residents were told to stay inside uh, there was a shelter in place uh, that remained up until 9 45 of course with all that smoke it was you know of course these are chemical fires so a lot of the a lot of that is going into the atmosphere and unfortunately to whoever's outside it's being exposed to their lungs so uh, people were required to still well, people were you know told to stay inside and to, it would be it was suggested uh, that people close their windows of course and all that so again it was a very serious issue uh, like I get like again uh when i think back to yesterday and i saw the initial explosion i saw the fire i saw it kind of just you know dissipate and then it was just smoke right after that it was just a big column of smoke um and then maybe a couple hours later i uh, was in my room and i was actually able to see out my window from my room um just this big old tower of smoke uh just outside and it really was it really was bugging me out this is something that i'm not used to seeing uh but again that is again that's part of the territory when you you're, you're bringing these chemicals together and you're bringing them around uh heat and and all these other properties uh of course um now this occurred well the area uh in which the refinery is at is close to a major freeway uh so this would actually uh shut down that a uh that freeway here uh it was the i-80 freeway was blocked in both directions east and west uh causing massive traffic especially in the area around panola which is about a few minutes away from where i live uh so again just massive traffic uh people you know had to reroute and had to go you know through different areas to get home or where have you so again it was some confusion it was a lot uh to take in as well and uh one thing i will say is i respect the fire cal fire and the fire crews that immediately worked uh on the situation and were diligently working on it throughout the day you could hear the why the, uh the uh the helicopters excuse me running around the entire day so they were putting in work uh you can actually see them on the news so they were you know they were bringing in uh helicopters they had at least 200 firefighters working on that and uh you know i don't know who's gonna be the first to say it but i'll be the first to say it here thank you guys uh we really appreciate it again this is part of what y'all do of course but again it's very comforting to know that we at least have that and they get to their business and they handle it so thank you for cal fire and thank you for the local uh whoever whatever local fire departments helped out with this one i'm pretty sure it was hercules rodeo canoe probably uh crockett so thank you to all you all, all those guys for helping out and uh new star did say would uh conduct an investigation on whether or not uh, a magnitude four to five a 4.5 earthquake that hit uh, a couple nights ago may uh be responsible for this and i wouldn't be surprised it was this significant jolt again i don't know how it would you know offset what's going on there per se but i wouldn't be surprised it was a, it was a significant earthquake 4.5 is is pretty solid i felt it definitely my whole house felt it so there's been some just been some crazy stuff going on in the area so uh pray for us y'all i hope we don't fall off the map anytime soon I, i'm pretty sure we should be all right but give us a little prayer out here we have a little bit going on today and uh over the past couple of days uh but i'm gonna take a quick break and when i come back again like i said i'll be going uh, breaking down some NFL action and I'll be going over uh, some brief conference standings for some college football. I'll be right back y'all.
back. And again, I got some NFL news to talk about. Of course, the big story is coming from Jacksonville. Well, yeah, from Jacksonville via L.A., went to L.A. But anyways, Jalen Ramsey is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. The, dra- the sorry, the Jaguars traded the, de- defensive, the defensive back for uh, to the Rams for two first-round draft picks and a four of two fir- yes two first-round draft pick one this year, one next year, and also a fourth-round pick as well. The Rams would also uh, trade their defensive back Marcus Peters to Baltimore for uh, linebacker Kenny Young. Uh, after uh, and this is all after Akeem Talib uh, was recently placed on IR. Uh, now Ramsey is still under contract. He has two years remaining, so he has some work in LA uh, before he gets that new contract. He may want to, you know, work something out over the offseason. I don't know what his uh, his prerogative is. Uh, now Ramsey, he's a he's a. I mean, I think he's gone down at some point this year. He's gone down a little bit in terms of you know his production, but uh, overall he's a really good player. Uh, he's uh, again he's a two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro uh, player as well. Uh, this season, like I said, stats were a little bit down, but he's had 17 total tackles, a pass deflection, and a forced fumble. Uh, so again, solid numbers here. Uh, definitely the Rams needed a lockdown corner. Uh, however, with that being said, with Akeem Talib taking that injury. Um, I would have kept Marcus Peters. I would have kept Marcus Peters and probably let Aqib Tlaib go in the offseason. Um, you know, Peters has not really had that uh, bad of a season. I mean, if anything, is comparable to uh, Jalen Ramsey. He's had 14 total tackles. Uh, he had a tackle for loss. He also had a fumble recovery. Um, he also had two interceptions and four pass deflections uh, compared to compared to just uh, one from, from Jalen Ramsey. So he's definitely put in some work. So I'm a little bit uh, miffed as to why they would let him go. I saw last week's game versus the 49ers. They torched him through the air. And your boy George Kittle was getting super yak. You know, maybe you might want to, I don't know, maybe for that team you might want to put a linebacker on tight end. I don't know how people want to cover tight ends per se. But again, I, I mean, LA really, I mean, if anything, they were, if, again, they probably have a pretty they're probably pretty solid on defense uh but i I thought their weakest link was their secondary i I don't think they had any problems at linebacker i know clay matthew was going to waste some uh miss some time with an injury um but i thought they had pretty some solid linebackers to go around him uh but again i i really thought that they were struggling in terms of stopping the pass so again i'm i'm a little bit confused by this one i would have kept uh brock oswald oswald i'm sorry Talking about Brock Osweiler. That's my next story. I would have kept Marcus Peters and uh, brought in Jalen Ramsey, and I would have still had a one-two punch for the rest of this year. You gotta keep to leave uh, hitting the hitting the IR, so you don't have to worry about him getting into the mix again, and to worry about you know a three-headed monster or you know three egos. Because uh, again, these are these are some egotistical guys to an extent. Definitely Jalen Ramsey. Marcus Peters, not so much, but he'll, you know, he has some attitude about him, which is fine. That's, you know, that's just how they play. I would have kept both of them there, uh, and, and and I would have had two of the, the premier corners in the league, in my opinion. And you would have said, uh, you know, you would have addressed it. You would have addressed your big biggest need. I think your biggest need was stopping the pass. And again, I don't really think that you that they solved that. I mean, they, again, they brought in a good, uh, you know, a good pass defender in Jalen Ramsey. But I think having that extra corner there with Marcus Peters, I think it would have helped them out some more as well. Uh, and my final big story here. Uh, uh, I have, uh, like I said, 
Brock Osweiler. I did bring his name up, but that is because he has recently retired. Uh, the QB has decided to retire after five seasons in the league. Uh, of course, he was drafted in 2012 out of Arizona State. Uh, now, 2015 was his best season. Of course, he was drafted by the Broncos. Uh, 2015 ended up being his best year. He would go 5-2 and two as a starter and basically led the Broncos to not only a divisional title, but the number one seed in the playoffs. Uh, he would eventually be taken out. Uh, I think he would be in the well, Peyton Manning would end up, you know, taking his starting spot, uh, again, taking his starting spot back uh, during the last game of the season that year. But again, uh, this is a quote directly from his former teammate, Chris Harris Jr., a part of that uh, Denver mix, the team that went to that Super Bowl in 2015. Uh, he goes on to say, there's no way we get to the Super Bowl without Brock. So there you go. Uh, again, he was a very, I mean, I think just the, his setup, you know, um, the situation he was brought, uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more about his career in just a second, but uh, I guess he didn't want to really wait uh, and, and take the take the torch after Peyton. I think he just wanted to, um, I, I guess he wanted to start right away uh, in, in, in Denver, especially after that, uh, that initial playoff run, because again, he did want a contract that was upwards of about 70 million bucks, uh, but he ended up signing uh, with, uh, with Houston in that offseason for just two years and $36 million guarantee. He had a lot more in mind, but again, I guess the market wasn't super high on him. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't buying what he was putting out uh, during that five and two run. So unfortunately, you know, but again, he did find a job and he did have some success in Houston. He was able to take the Texans uh, to not only a divisional title, uh, but of course a playoff berth. Again, they ended up losing. And they actually, actually, they won that first round game as well. I remember that they beat my Raiders a little bit mad about that thinking about it now but again uh he was able to have some success of course he will end up losing in that next round and unfortunately for him you know it just never seemed to get right because right after this season he was traded uh to cleveland and of course cleveland is a place where good quarterbacks can go to die ask baker Merrifield at this very moment ask me ask me tomorrow if i don't think his career is in the balance and i'm gonna tell you Yes, it is. Uh, again, um, he would also end up getting cut by well for Brock Osweiler. Brock, Osa, uh, Brock Osweiler would end up getting cut uh, by the Browns in 2017. He ended up uh, spending the next years as a backup in Denver and Miami. In Denver, he would end up backing up Trevor Simeon. Um, I believe Jack, uh, Paxton Lynch whenever he would get in. And of course, in uh, Miami, he was backing up Ryan Tannehill. So that's how his career ended. Unfortunately, I don't think he was given the best of circumstances because again, uh, I, I, well again, I think his best option outside of staying maybe another year uh, under the tutelage of Peyton Manning uh, would probably been to stick it out in Houston. He was having some success there, but again, they traded him. So there was, you know, again, uh, his numbers weren't super great there. They led him to the playoffs. So again, I, I don't I don't think he got the fairest of the shakes again in, in Cleveland. You're not going to do too much of anything in Cleveland anyway. So again, that was kind of, um, you know, that was kind of a, a some bad luck on his part too so you get again you know he, he in my opinion he was a decent player and uh you know at certain points in time like i said he just wasn't giving a fair shake and he decided to walk away can't be mad at that and before i let you guys go of course i wanted to break down the conf uh sorry the uh, the sunbelt college uh the sunbelt conference here i wanted to talk a little bit of some college football with you guys of course i was supposed to talk about this the other night i know i was going to break down all 10 of the major conferences for some reason I just never got to the Sun Belt. It just completely slipped my mind. But here are those Sun Belt standings going into week. I think it will be week seven of the uh, college football season. Uh, we're going to break that down real quick. Of course, there is two divisions in the Sun Belt as well, Group B and Group 
A. Let me break down Group B real quick. Uh, we're going to start off with Louisiana Monroe. They are currently leading in the conference. Uh, actually, they're tied with Appalachian State with a 2-0 conference record. They're also 3-3 three three overall. Their last game was a win, 24-14 at Texas State. And they do have a big game coming up against, of course, the other conference leader in Appalachian State. So look out for that game, especially if you are a fan of Louisiana Monroe. Up next, we have Texas State, who is currently 1-1 one one in conference play. They are 3-3 three three overall. Raw. We also have Arkansas State here with the same record, one and one in conference play, also three and three overall. And we uh, up next we have uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who's one and one in conference play, four and two overall. They are 19th in scoring with almost 40 points a game. They also are, and they also are 33rd in scoring, so not too bad here, uh, at least in the top 50 uh, in the nation. Actually, the top 30. Uh, they average about, well, they give up about 20. Points, 21 points a game, uh, and they are, uh, and they only give up about uh, 180 passing yards a game too. So very solid in the secondary, and they give up zero touchdowns, about well, 0.7 touchdowns a game. So not even a touchdown a game in, in some cases. So again, they have some good uh, positives here for Louisiana Lafayette. I'm not surprised that they're sitting here at four and two overall. Uh, up next, we have uh, to round out Group B. We have uh, South Alabama, who is zero and two in conference play, and they are one. And five overall. Let's move to Group A, where we have Appalachian State, who is a who is two and zero overall. They're also five and zero overall. Of course, they're in the top twenty-five, uh, somewhere within the twenties. I'm not exactly too, too sure off the top of my head, uh, but they are in the top twenty-five. Up next, we have Georgia State, who is two and one in conference play. They are four and two overall. The last game uh, for Georgia State uh, was a win, thirty-one to twenty-one versus uh, Coastal Carolina, and they also have a win week one at Tennessee. 38 to 30 so they're not that bad of a team but they do give up a lot of points uh they are 122 122 they, well they're ranked uh they're the 122nd best team or you could say one of the worst teams in terms of scoring defense they give up 37 and a half points a game so uh not too not a good look there i personally don't think that is uh sustainable and i will be surprised if they finish near the top of the of the standings of the conference standings just to be honest with you not when you're giving up 37 and a half points a game uh let's move on we have georgia southern here at one and one in conference play they are also two and three overall we also have troy here who is zero and one in conference play and two and three overall and finally at the bottom to round things out we have coastal carolina here they are zero and two in conference play and they are also uh excuse me two sorry three and three overall uh as far as what i see right now in this conference of course louisiana monroe is looking to be pro well at least in terms of the conference one of the top teams of course we have appalachian state truly the cream of the crop they, they do have a five and oh record overall georgia state is still in the mix as well they are four and two overall i just don't like that defense they give up way too many points a game uh, i think appalachian state and possibly even louisiana monroe can take them as well uh and again we also have um you know, it's still relatively early, so you have some of these one-in-one teams that are still in the mix, like Texas State, to an extent. Also, Louisiana Lafayette, they're also 4-2 and two overall as well. And actually, uh, 
Louisiana Lafayette scores pretty well. They're 19th in scoring, and they're actually 33rd in defense. So, and well, at least in scoring defense. So, I wouldn't be surprised if this team made a run near the end of the year as well. So, look out. The main teams you want to look out for right now uh, is at least Louisiana Monroe, of course, and also Appalachian State. They are the two conference uh, leaders right now. But also keep an eye on Louisiana Laf on Louisiana Lafayette here in the Sun Belt as well, and I would say Georgia State too. Just just because just because they have that win against Tennessee on the road in the first week of the year. I will give them that. I give them a lot of props for that. All right, y'all. I'm going to uh, take another quick break. We'll be wrapping everything up with some MLB action. Of course, we got to talk about the, the, the NLCS with my my Nationals. Well, not necessarily my Nationals. Of course, I'm an A's fan. But I got some love for the Nationals for obvious reasons. I've been talking about it. But we're going to break that game down. And, uh, yeah, we'll, get, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. y'all i'm gonna wrap this up for tonight of course i gotta break down this this nlcs this game four here the nationals they just they just making it look easy they they're making it they're making it look easy and they're looking like juggernauts right now of course the world series is going to be a different monster whether or not they play the astros or the yankees but you just gotta respect them for the run that they've been having right now this is this is unprecedented um, again, I, I don't. Again, I know a lot of people were not expecting them to beat the Dodgers, but then you know, part of me, you know, part of you kind of, uh, I, I would, I would imagine that some people just because you know the Dodgers have lost a lot recently in the playoffs, and you know, some people aren't surprised about it. But for me, I'm a little bit surprised by this one. Okay, um, I did not expect this team to be here. Um, but obviously, you know, they do have the they do have the pitching staff. They do have the roster to do so. Uh, they've had the hitters the entire time. They've been under Ronaldo. We talked about some of them. Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, uh, Juan Soto for one. Uh, a lot of people forgot to mention the Howie Kendrick. <laughs> he showed up in this series. He showed up in a Dodgers series and got them uh, the win there. Uh, a lot of people forget about Ryan Zimmerman. A lot of guys, uh, they don't talk about on this Nationals team, uh, but they get it done. They definitely find a way to get it done. Uh, the Nats won last night, of course, 7-4, to four, uh, sweeping the Cardinals. How do you do it? How do you sweep a team like the Cardinals? Who, Man, I thought I mean, I mean, thought it was destiny when they got here, you know, and, and when they got their win against uh, the Braves, I thought they were, you know, looking like the destined team, but I should not have been sleeping. On the Washington Nationals. I don't know how I missed this one. But let's break this game down here. For the Cardinals, uh, Jose Martinez, their right fielder, he got a two-run double. Uh, Yadier Molina, their catcher, and also uh, infielder Tim Edmond were going to get RBIs as well. Very, very sad day for their pitching staff. Can't really say too much here. Uh, for the Nationals, their catcher, Jan Gomez, will hit a two-run homer. And also, uh, a shortstop, Trey Turner, will get two hits in the RBI. And Juan uh, Soto, Juan Soto, again, again, a name that I've been mentioning so many times here, he will go on to get two hits in the RBI as well. Now, Patrick Corbin will get the start. Uh, he will only go for five innings. He did give up four hits and four earned runs. He did have 12 strikeouts, uh, but the bullpen was able to pull through. They were finish off the rest of the game giving up just one hit and zero earned runs again Doolittle all those guys I do not know how they do it another masterful uh 
another masterful game again it seems to me that if the if the starters for the nationals just mess up or they don't they're not having a good game uh the starters show up in terms of the bat of, of terms of the lineup the hitting lineup they show up and also the bullpen as well this not going to be an easy out for any team uh again it's not going to be an easy series for either the as far as Florida, for either the astros or the yankees uh the nationals have firepower with howie kendrick with juan soto with ryan zimmerman Again, they could hit for contact as well with Trey Turner. He was able to get two hits, able to drive in two runs as well. Uh, and you can just have people like Jan Gomez who can just go yard out of nowhere on you. <laughs> Again, they have a little bit of everything uh, that, that uh, the Yankees and uh the astros have so um again this is gonna be a a, a great matchup uh again i don't care who they face off whether it be the yankees or the astros i'm pretty sure it's gonna go six or seven and they're gonna be some intense intense matchups especially with those bullpens especially with those pitching rotations i can see i can see both of those managers had going crazy now um I mean, but uh, from what I what I saw, I just saw a complete team here again from top to bottom. Every game from game one to the last game from game four, the Nationals open the game very well with solid pitching. Uh, they get a lot of they get a ton of strikeouts. They're able to strike you out. Uh, they're able to not give up any runs as well. This game, they gave up some runs. But again, uh, the, bu the bullpen was able to step up and take away uh, again they only gave up one hit uh for the the entire three for uh the entirety of three innings and no earned run so again uh that's a way to keep a to keep a game in the bag that's a way to get a win and uh in my opinion the nationals are playing some of the best baseball i've seen in a very 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 long time and baseball isn't necessarily my favorite sport but again even i know the nationals are really that damn good all right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. Uh, not a whole lot to get into, of course, uh, but I will be back tomorrow. Uh, I have some uh, some breakdowns. We have to break. We have to uh, get uh, week six started uh, for the NFL. So we'll be breaking some things down there uh, with uh, three takeaways from the week uh, from the previous week. Of course, we have to go for three questions uh, for this week as well. And then, of course, we have the top eight power rankings to get through as well. So I'll be getting through that tomorrow uh, right before the game. Uh, sometime before uh the afternoon uh maybe sometime in the afternoon uh, or in the morning so we'll break that down for you i'll break that down for you guys of course i'm working on that review and i'm working on my top 10 list of the worst republican and uh we're first report the first the worst republican and conservative cities in america so there's a few things i'm working on this week uh i'm not gonna let y'all go i'm here i'm here uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com once again it is ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is e-l-j-a-m-a-h I'm sorry, <laughs> eljbutler75 at gmail.com. If you are looking to uh, look me up on Facebook or Instagram, you can find me at ljamaljani. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. I also got a Facebook page 
for the uh for the show as well at never out of bounds take a look at that i got some links there i got some content there as well uh that i've shared so if you uh you know if you're looking to uh make a donation i do have some links there to the paypal and to the cash app if you are uh but there's always a free form for you guys to hit me up and to let me know what's going on in the world in your world at least in your world at least so uh for now i'm gonna call it a, a wrap uh, again if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i'll holla at y'all later